these looks all over their face My friends all know that I'm cool I've been this way since high school Cause life's never been sweeter When you're just a cake eater When it comes to hockey, nobody can stop me My high school team, I was playing on the top three Now my son is scoring piles Welcome to the Youth Hockey of High School Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the Red Black League. I am Danny Ryan, joining with you, Tony Scott. How you doing, Danny? Good. And Carl East? Hey, Danny. How's it going, Carl? Good. Glad we're ready to get this show on the road. I spent maybe about 15 minutes waiting for Danny to call me this morning, but hey, we're finally there. Hey, that's um, all the same. You finally went to games, so we're both happy. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Well, Carl, you put out a top ten this week too. Uh, you you had double duty this week, going to hockey and, and doing a top ten. We're paying you it's too a, much. That's a difficult life. Uh. <laughs> well, who do you have in the top ten now? All right, we'll roll through them here. Uh, number one is Minnetonka. Number two, Duluth East. Number three, Andover. Number four, Edina. So, wait, uh, you, did he die? Did he dine a flip? They got the spot because they have a tie. Okay, fair. Keep going. Number five, Eden Prairie. Number six, St. Thomas Academy. Number seven, Maple Grove. Number eight, Creighton Durham Hall. Number nine, Hill Murray. Number 10 is Moorhead. Ooh. So I'm just confused. Your number nine team tied I would assume an unranked Burnsville team, right? Or brought them into Maybe. overtime. Yeah, but they still won, and it's one game. I'm not going to overreact to one game. You certainly did that to Chaska. <laughs> yeah, but their one game was Evelift. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we thought you were a North guy, and now you're just slamming Evelift. Yeah, that's so rude. <laughs> Avalos has I a lot of great titles. We'll get there, yeah. This is true. We'll I mean, the, the, the 40s and 50s were great. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about the Avalos chassis game in a little bit. I want to run down some scores that happened in the week. Um, some of them I were at, some were Carl were at, but others we did not get to go to because it was a busy week. Edina played Benilde this week and won 5-2. to two. Um, Chaska beat Blake six to five. That was both of that game. That was an interesting game. Yeah, it was. It was a tale of like two games, and then like Chaska almost gave up. It seemed like in the third. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I really liked Blake in that game, though. Yeah, you know, interesting. They lost by Kester in that game, and Kester didn't play in the Evelyn game, but he did play in the Cloquet game. So it kind of gives you some idea what his value is to Cloquet is to. Very high. Very, very high. high. Yeah. Very high. Greenway um, sneaks one in Virginia, 3-2. to two. St. Cloud Cathedral, they had a good weekend. They first throttled War Road 7-0 and then beat East Graham Fork 7-2. Nobody's hotter in Class A than St. Cloud Cathedral right now. Yeah, if I, I do the rankings, I, I started Greenway to start the year and they haven't lost yet. But I truly think that St. Cloud is the better of the two teams at this point. And they play this week, and that should be one of the most premier matchups in Class A this week. What about you, Carl? Oh, yeah, this is you know, going to be a big early matchup in Class A. I think 
as we said, Cathedral's rolling. They're scoring, scoring goals in bunches. And Greenway is a tough team, and so we'll see what they have later this week. Another score, um, Chafka versus Cloquet, 4-0 rip with Chafka. Cloquet is now 0-4, Carl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had a chance to, to see them on Saturday when they played White Bear Lake. And, you know, Cloquet, it, it seems like something's just missing. I mean, there are a lot of good pieces there. You know, they've got a bunch of good forwards, a couple of good defensemen. The goaltending was actually pretty good. But you're just like, there's just something missing here. They're just not a complete team yet, and they're, they're 0-4. They're playing four pretty good teams, but the results aren't there. Yeah, uh, Cloquet loses to White Bear three to one. Moorhead beats Grainard five to one, which I would assume is why you added Moorhead into the top ten, right, Carl? Yeah, I mean, really, all three of their results so far have been very good. You know, gave Andover a very good game. They you know, ha- handled Grainard easily, then uh, pulled away from Buffalo on Saturday too. So good signs for the Spuds in the early going. Yeah, Moorhead beats Buffalo four to zero. Moorhead's really the team to beat right now in eight double A. No question. I mean, what would this team be if they had Ethan Frisch? That's another question too. Be a top five. Yeah, yeah. Um, Blake beats Holy Family five to three. I, like I said, I like Blake right now. They have skill position players on D and Ben Dexheimer, on forward and Joe Miller and um, Matsky. And Bros. And Bros. Those are some really good players. I mean, they're not – they don't have that those two top lines, but they have nice pieces in their two top lines. They make them really hard to defend. Team speed is very good with them, too. Yep. Um, Can the, they beat Wyzetta? Can they beat Creighton? That's – I suppose we'll find out this year. Uh, I th- They play them both, so – I think they'll give them a game. They play Dinah, too, so um, – Looking ahead, Warrow beat Sartell four to uh, three in overtime. As the Class A ranker, that's the one that just scratches my head. I mean, you got to add Evelyn in the top ten for what they did to Chaska. <laughs> uh, do you drop Sartell out of the top ten for losing to World? And World was in my top ten too. So, like I said, there's three teams in, and then there's a bunch of unknowns still. The northwest of the state is very hard to read right now. I'm going to say another score. Thief River Falls 2, Rozo 2. I I don't know what to make of this. I don't either. <laughs> Clearly, we know Rozo has very good talent. We've seen them play. Um, they'll have two D1 commits. They have one right now. Um, and Thief, ha- though Bushy is a D1 commit, I just I, – I don't know. I That one's a hard one. Definitely. Yeah, we uh, never with, with get Rozo, deeper below, by the way. Go ahead, Carl. And with, with, I was going to say, with Rozo losing to Centennial this weekend, too, maybe the, the back off on the Rams a little bit for now. Yeah, uh, Centennial beats Rozo 3-2. to two. This is not a prime Centennial team. We said last week this would be a test for Rozo, and I, they need to win that game. On home ice, too. It's just... Yeah, that one's surprising. Another surprising score was... Coon Rapids six, Elk River seven. Agreed. That one, I'm not surprised that Elk put up seven, but I am surprised that they let in six. I don't know if they've ever lost to Coon Rapids. I can't remember the last time or any time that I've tweeted a Coon Rapids score in our tweeting mechanisms, but I had to tweet that <laughs> score. It was seven to six. It was so surprising. Yeah, that one. That one was a little surprising. 
Um, East Grand Forks then on the 8A track, they beat Totino 7-2. to uh, I saw Totino play this week. They're a solid team. Good goaltending by John Howell. Um, I I think they'll be they a team. They won last night, too, on YHH 3-2 in overtime. So Against Anoka. Yeah. Yeah, this is their team to look out for in Totino. Yeah, they're gonna, they'll probably be the second or third seed out of that section. In 4A, yeah. yes. Um, and then the last score, Hill Murray beats uh, Burnsville in overtime 2-1, to one, as I mentioned before. It's a little surprising, but Burnsville actually had a semi-decent weekend, it looked like, too. Well, I've always said, maybe off the show or on the show, I think this Burnsville crew, the 11th graders in this crew are pretty good. And then their seniors, they've had a couple of nice seniors on this team. Kittleson's one of them that stands out to me. I think this is a team that can do some damage. I mean, you know, we didn't, we won't talk about them much this year, but just as the year goes on, watch out for this team. Yeah, we might say some scores that they have, but just we we might not be at their games as much yeah. type of thing. Yep. Talk about a game that uh, one of us was at, or the luxury that they were at. Carl, you were at Chaska Eveleth. Explain this game. You came at the first period, right? Right, yeah. I was doing something else in the iron range for work, and then I walked in, you know, during the first intermission, and I looked up at the scoreboard. I was like, wait, is that right? Is that really right? So Eveleth is winning 2 nothing. <laughs> and then, sure enough, it was right. And uh, Eveleth, you know, went up. Five to two eventually, and then hung on to win five to four. So really impressive showing by the Golden Bears. They're a tough team. A uh, couple of players who had nice nights. Elliot Van Orsel had was a factor in all five goals. Um, Cole Meyer also uh, four of the five goals were on the power play, so that, that top unit was working really well. Nick Bodette scored what became the game-winning goal in power play. He's a big defenseman who uh, moves up the forward on the power play, so uh, good versatility there. And uh, yeah, I mean. There are some asterisks here. Chasco was without Kester. Um, Blaine Warner got hurt in the third period, was kind of in and out of the lineup. Um, but at the same time, uh, they really looked exposed and back. Evelyn attacked them time and time again and found a way to hang on at the end there when Chasco finally started throwing everything forward. So really impressive win for the Golden Bears. A great way to start the season for me, just to go and see that sort of game at the Hippodrome. And uh, so it uh, shows that the Golden Bears are going to be a factor in 7A. Yeah, I, I think this is now a four or five team race in 7A. Um, yeah, which is fun to talk about, I think. But what is this? Let's start with first, what does this say for Chaska? Well, it, it you know, it's early in the year, right? And you lose your best player and you kind of build your whole offense and your defense around him. And when he's not there, it's like, okay, everyone's kind of looks around who can fill that role. You know, do they have two or three defensemen that can fill that role? Right now, obviously not. They're giving up five goals to, to to Blake. They gave up five goals to Eveleth. You know, they finally got things locked down against against Cloquet, but that's the big concern with a Snuggerud type team. I've coached with Dave. Dave and I are friends. He wants he wants a wide open game. He wants kids mm-hmm. making plays. He wants kids. He wants a big score. Yeah. He's not a goal and yeah. a goalie's best friend. Let's put it that way. But when, when Evelyn started setting up a trap, you know, in the third period, they were really struggling with it, just trying to skate through it. And credit to Evelyn for being able to run that well against such a, you know, high-octane team. Yeah, and, I mean, going into this game, I probably saw Evelyn as the fourth-best team in, in that section. <laughs> but now, I mean, that section became more wide open for me, especially after seeing Hermantown play on Friday. 
and then the Virginia the Virginia factor as well. He yeah. Talked a little bit about Virginia last week on the show. They're making the show again this week, but what they did to Greenway, I mean, they gave Greenway everything they could handle. Well, they have a good goaltender, too, in Cam Krybik. Yeah, we saw him last year. Yeah, he's he's a very good goaltender. Um, it, this is a section to watch. And so talking a little bit. How about that Saturday with those four teams and then the four teams? <laughs> Amsoil is going to be the place to be. I think Amsoil might be more fun than the Braemar big run that we're going to normally have. Uh, depending on the the Creighton-Blake, you know, Wyzetta, that game where those three fall will be, be very good. It'll be fun. Um, and depending on how the, Danny handled Snowbanks. Yeah. Okay, yes, I fell last year and it was not fun. And I just left him there. <laughs> on the on the pavement at Big. Just drove away. You okay? No Chipotle in my sight. <laughs> I'm hungry. Dollar menus. So anyways, um talking a little bit of seven double A seven A still. Um Friday night I saw Hermantown versus Wyzetta. This was an overtime victory, four to three for Wyzetta. I think Hermantown's still a work in progress, in, in my opinion. The young guys need to get used to playing varsity hockey still. That's what it kind of looked like. On the Wyzetta side, that's a team that you don't want to get into the slot. They are very aggressive once they're in the paint, and they do not stop shooting the puck. If there's a scrum in front of the net, they won some puck battles yesterday. That's for sure in the slot. They they don't have a clear leader. It doesn't look like for scoring. Although Not Jack Clemminger, uh, Kimlinger, Kimlinger got his fourth yesterday. Yeah, he is. He's putting up some numbers. Um, but I don't know if that will maintain type of thing. Just knowing how wise that plays. Joel Matthews stood out to me most, and obviously Mike Randolph told me the same. And he goes, "That little number four can play." He just he was a thorn in our side the entire game. Yep. So I I um, think for Hermantown, yes, Carl. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's Hermantown. You look at this team, and yeah, they've got Blake Biondi, who's probably the best player in A, um, and Joey Pierce going to be the next the next great player in Class A. But I think the question coming in was really their depth. Um, you know, they they weren't especially deep last year, and they they lost Tyler Watkins and hurt or so two thirds of their top line. And so I think this is still not quite a Hermantown team at the level that we saw two or three years ago when they were steamrolling everyone and had three great lines. And maybe they'll get there as a young player's age over the course of this season, but we'll see. And Hermantown is still playing their too low press that they always do. So they play aggressive in the offensive zone for checking. But like you said, Carl, the when the first line wasn't out there, it was very noticeable when they weren't out there. And so I, I think that's the thing. How do they match up against St. Cloud Cathedral? I think St. Cloud Cathedral has better depth than they do, actually. And so Agreed. I think um, – and then in their own section, how do they match up against Greenway? Can they go punch for punch in a game like that? Uh, it's it, it gets a slightly more complicated, I think, than 7A does this year. Did Joey Pierce play defense or forward? Forward. He did? Yes. Wow, because he played that in the Elite League, too, and I thought for sure they'd move him back. No, he played with Thomas and um, Biondi. Okay, great. So, no, it, it was just overall a pretty good game. Um, and then, Carl, you weren't at that. You were at Duluth East White Bear Lake. What was that like? That was an adventure of a game, especially after Duluth East gave up three goals in the first three minutes. And you're like, you know, who are these guys? But uh, credit to White Bear for coming out playing well, but then he's started battling back, tied it up by the end of the first, and sort of then 
after that, it looks like what you'd expect out of East Hockey, grinding, uh, you know, top in the fourth goal, and then a couple of empty netters in the third uh, to pull, pull out the win. Um, it's a strong game for White Bear. I, I saw them twice this week, and I was fairly impressed by White Bear. They made their way into my top 15 this week. They're they're fairly deep. They have a couple of lines that can score. Leighton Road, I thought, had a great weekend. Uh, and so um, the Bears are on the rise, but uh, East, uh, you know, gave East all they could handle, but the Hounds found a way to pull it out. Yeah, Mike Randolph was equally impressed with White Bear Lake as well. We talked to him yesterday a little bit after after the Wyzetta game, and he was like, that's a good hockey team. Don't forget about White Bear Lake. He also said he likes to play them at the start of the season and not the <laughs> or <laughs> because it's a better test. Wow. He Ooh. threw White Bear under the bus, and you're telling everybody he did it. So that's good. That's good. It, it was funny. Mike doesn't mind. We'll see if White Bear ends up under schedule anymore. <laughs> Danny. Oh. <laughs> no, but I, I think they always play White Bear well. They um they played White Bear and Duluth East played to a tie last year at the yeah, start of the game. season. It's on my yeah. birthday. Yeah, yeah. I, I called that game. I did the color with Zach Helverson. Right. Um no, so White Bear and Duluth East play well against each other. Um and I think yeah, the Bears had a pretty strong weekend. So they're, you know, on a collision course for Hill Murray later in the season, obviously. Yeah, we think so. Mm-hmm. Okay, talk about a game that we both were at, Tony. The Duluth East wins 3-2 to two over Wyzetta. What was your takeaways on this one? First period, I thought Wyzetta was the better team, obviously. Yes. Second period, wasn't even close. Duluth East owned the entire period. They yep. walked into the locker room after the second period. I was down there, and it was just like you could just see in their eyes that we have this one in the bag. Can you just warm up the bus? Can we go now? <laughs> and I think they just can't take their foot off the pedal. And literally with about eight minutes to go in the game, 10 minutes to go in the game, it was like Wyzetta just put it on overdrive. And they just started work outworking the Luthies, who really just wanted to get back in the bus and go home. And they scored. They got a dirty goal down low. Ben Ludke scored. And and then the Luthies turned it back on, or turned their, you know, Turned the bus off and then worked outworked and got a as as he said himself, Brendan Baker said he got a lucky goal, tip in goal off of a shot from the slot and yeah. they got the W and got out of there. Yeah, I I would say one player that stood out dramatically was Ryder. Ryder Donovan was all over the place. His speed was evident. Um he was doing the Michael Graham circling around the net play. Um he was all over the ice and it, his goal was sheer will type of thing. It went through the five hole and like went through, like got stopped and just kept going, you know, type of thing. He was, he was a player to be reckoned with yesterday. What, what I really like about his game and it gets lost. When you think of playmakers, you think of like these short little guys that are, you know, like a Joe Miller's a playmaker, right? He's Joe Miller, but he's six foot three or six foot four. I mean, yeah. he's a playmaker. Yeah. He's not a goal scorer. No. He makes some great passes. He's got great vision, which makes him such because of his height and length makes him such a, a he's a reason why there's NHL scouts in the building every game. Carl, how did Ryder look when you saw him play this weekend? Ryder, Ryder's such a. Um, I think you, you touched on a lot of the great things there. He's, he's such an interesting player that he's such a a huge imposing physical force, but yet he's, you know, the smoothest and fastest skater you'll ever see with that, with that skill. It's such a rare skill set that he has there. 
And I think, they're, you know, East is still sort of figuring out how they're going to line up players around him. They're still flopping lines all over the place some of these first two games. But uh, there are definitely some pieces there, and it's just a matter of time that they figure out how the chemistry is going to work now that he's no longer with his two longtime line mates, Mason Mayhew and Worth. One more take on Duluth East, in my opinion. Their forward lines, their – I talked about Blake. They have some nice pieces in the in their top six. These guys have a top six. I mean, Jeanette really and Erickson good. are really good additions. Really mm-hmm. good. And then you have, then you factor in the Baker and Ricky and uh, Ryder Donovan. I mean, this is this is a really good top six. They put a ton of pressure on a defensive team like Wyzetta yesterday. Yeah. Wyzetta didn't have any answers for them. I thought Logan Anderson's really taken a step forward this year, too. He's, he's had a very good game against White Bear, and, uh, and Jack Fitzgerald's still hurt, too. So they have more waiting in the wings. So uh, I'll throw the concerns if you're a Hounds fan. You have two very good defensemen. After that, they're playing suitor minutes, and it drops kind of off because Hunter, Frederick Hunter Payne and Carson Coughlin – play the majority of your, your minutes and you kind of hold your breath when they're not out there because they are that good. I agree. That's the, that's the obvious concern. Goaltending yeah, looked it, fine yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and on, on defense, uh, you know, Payne missed the first period against Piper Lake and you saw the results. They gave up three goals right away, so that's certainly a concern. Jason Hagen is still out hurt, so they'll have a little reinforcement there in time, but uh, but Luke and Hanson will solid in goal after the first three minutes of, against White Bear, so that was a good, an encouraging sign for the Hounds. Yeah, the Hounds kind of let a couple breakaways happen, I would say, because they trusted Hanson. The Hounds kind of play a weird style of play sometimes with yep. that, and, and they they look at numbers, kind of, and they, they trust Hanson in that. That was pretty evident in the play. Okay, Last game that we'll talk about of last week was Eden Prairie winning 3-1 to one over Creighton-Durham Hall. A um, couple things, Nick Davidson was out for the Raiders. Which is a big asterisk, I think, on this game. Yeah, I really do think that, too. He's, he's, a, he's a very important player for that squad. As I was watching the game, I'm like, man, Davidson is non-existent in this game. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> it's a good take, Tony. <laughs> Um, but, I, you know, let's talk about Eden Prairie first because Eden Prairie, I think, really shocked me in this game. Their top line is probably one of the best in the state, and I didn't think that probably going into it, but Jack Jensen plays with Luke Middlestad, or not Johnny. Luke, Johnny Middlestad, and Carter Batchelder, who I thought was the best. He and Gleason were the best players on the ice last night. He, I thought he was, too. I thought – Batchelder was all over the place, and he compliments Jack Jensen so well because Jack's never really had the opportunity to play with a player at his level. Whenever Jack uh, played, Casey, what a kid named Casey Middlestaff, who okay <laughs> as a sophomore, but he was never he wasn't always on his line though. Yes, he was. Well, as a sophomore. As a sophomore, he was on Casey's line the, almost the entire game. Oh, yeah, that's true. But Jack <laughs> Jack was not Jack of last – Jack was overshadowed by Casey. Correct. Uh, uh, as a sophomore, sorry. Yep. It, but last year, he it was, was – his team. It was his team. It's not necessarily his team this year. I, He's a big part of that team. But there's also key cogs to this team that – Johnny Middlestad and Pat Shelder and Holt and – 
Yeah. Rude. I mean, they have yeah, they got six. We go to that six forward thing. They, they have, got six forwards. Yeah, that Smith Rudrude line was Ooh. really good. Yeah. Uh, so I and I really thought the senior D was very good as well for Eden Prairie. That, there was a lot of fun takeaways, but Batch Elder was definitely my top one. Mm-hmm. Um, for Creighton, they I really wish. I really wish Carter hadn't committed to Colorado College last week because then you you just seem to fall in love with guys who have that D1 tag next to their yeah. name. <laughs> and it was a, this is proof that the younger kids aren't going to take commits, and then sure enough, Carter ruined that take for me. <laughs> but for Creighton, they also have a Colorado College commit in, in Matt Gleason. I thought they looked good, but it was Eden Prairie's size was very much evident in this game. I. Creighton doesn't have a lot of size on their team. Oh, there's a couple on the blue line, but other than that, you're right. They're, they they play on skill and they play on speed, and so um, I thought their goaltender was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's true George too. McGuire was awesome. Last yeah, night. he he stopped 38 shots, um, very much so. Um, played a very good game for them and kept them in pretty much the whole game too. Um, any other takeaways on this one, you guys? Uh, well, I watched this game on YHH, and I was, like both of you, very impressed with Eden Prairie and their depth, I think that, and their physicality as well. I think they overwhelmed Creighton for much of the game in both those departments. Uh, Creighton, you start to wonder, obviously, Davidson's absence is an asterisk, but uh, you know, did they have the depth and the, the toughness to hang with the, those big, deep lake, lake teams that they'll have to go through to make state? I think the 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 tournaments that they play in, they're going to play in our Hockey for Life tournament. They're going to play in the Edina Classic. That stuff's going to – and they're going to play in the Lake Conference. Uh, that's going to pay some dividends he down was, the stretch. He was talking about Creighton. Oh, sorry. 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 Yeah, they're, they're going to have to – they're they're going to have a tough – their conference will hurt them, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and they're – they play in the Schwann's Cup, quote-unquote, which is not as tough this year. And so, yeah – they're going to have to take advantage of the games that they play against Edina, against St. Thomas, uh, you know, and really take yeah. advantage of those games. I agree. They've got a very interesting game with White Bear coming up this week. It's funny, though. Uh, Creighton coaches Matt Funk and Brian Murphy speaking to their schedule. They're pounding my doors down to get into the Hockey for Life and to get into our the opener next year. Why is that? They want tougher games. They know their they know their teams are going to be stronger down the future, and they want these tougher games because they know they can't get them in their conference. Yeah. Well, talking about Eden Prairie still a little bit, Tony, they have some middle sets on there. Oh, it's a great segue into our next segment, the brothers segment. We're going to talk a little bit about. Uh, some groups of brothers that have had impacts on their specific teams or school or Pro- schools, programs. yeah, programs, whatever you want to call it. Um, so let's start off with them. And, and the way we organize this, so just to keep the, our listeners on their toes a little bit, we're not going to go in chronology, and we're not going to go by section of state. So stay tuned here. Now the requirement is you have to play. You have to have three brothers in order to make our list. There's plenty of duos out there, but you have to have three. So let's start with the middle stats. Uh, that would be a, a good start. Uh, Luke, Johnny, and then what's the other one's name? Bill. Casey. Ah, right, Casey. Close. Uh, uh, you uh, have those brothers. 
Uh, Are they the best to ever come out of Eden Prairie, though? No, maybe not. <laughs> they might not there be. There would be the Rowell brothers. That would be pretty good. Or, yep. You know. And so normally when you have brothers come through, normally that's a sign of good chemistry. Sometimes we see in games and, like, it's usually a good sign that, like, okay, that team's going to be a good team. They have a middle stat on it. Yeah. Except when Creed and Chance, um, you're, Casey's better. Yeah, that was. Did they have that chant going last yeah, night? Yeah, Casey's better, and Casey would have scored. That's a good chant. <laughs> Probably true, though. <laughs> wow. I, come on, he's a top ten NHL pick. That's a pretty lofty thing to live up to for the two younger brothers. Yeah, and so I, I think when you start to look at some of these brothers, they there was one really good one in some of these groups. Yeah, well, the Brattons, the next one on our list, there were two really good ones, and Paul wasn't half bad himself, played four years at the U. So uh, Paul Bratton, probably the most underrated. I think I saw it on Twitter. He's one of the most underrated Minnesotans of all time. I think he lives in the house next door to me, too. Who, Aaron? Uh, or Paul. Paul yeah. might. Yeah, he did. He he moved before we even moved in there. But yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, he may have. Uh, Paul Bratton was a great player at Rozo and at the U, uh, Aaron Broughton had more, he had a hundred points in college in a college season. Think about that for a second. Some of the hundred points today, you know, Twitter would go crazy on that. And then obviously Neil Broughton, the greatest Minnesota hockey player next to John Masich, in my opinion. Um, so that's a, that's a good, that's a good trio of brothers. You have the pole brothers, uh, that, Pretty much put Class A hockey on the map. Yep. Do you say that's a fair yeah, statement? I think that's a fair statement. Um, uh, the Paling brothers uh, put Section One on the map. Do you guys agree with that? Back, they, were, they were relevant. Back on the map. Yeah, from yeah, decades we, of yeah, since the seventies. Yep. Here's one uh, close to home for me: uh, the Bianchi brothers, Steve Bianchi. Uh, Tony Bianchi, Joe Bianchi, all won a state championship for Jefferson. All played Division One hockey. Yep. Uh, that's an easy one. Yeah. That's another easy one. This is right down my Broadway for me. Uh, would be Casey Pete and Ben Hankinson. Eddie Dina I had a chance to play against the the two older brothers. Eddie Dina, they were phenomenal. Uh, all played for the Gophers. So for this one, I couldn't think of any other brothers of three of Eddie Dina. It'd be hard. There's a lot of duos. Yeah, you know, there was there was tons of Maleys, there was tons of Carols, there were Eversons of recent. Oh uh, yeah, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking like well, oh, I'm thinking of oh, that's when I played against. But. Well, yeah, they were good. There were lots of them. Carl. You gonna say any Dinah family? <laughs> well, you have the Walkers. Not all of them stuck around, but uh, Sam, Sam, that's another one. They make our list later. Mm-hmm. They do make our list later. Um, then you, obviously. I would say we had this discussion before the show. These are, I would say, besides the Brattons, these next two are the probably the two most famous brother trios. Uh, You have the Christian brothers. I say they're the most famous because their name was on every kid's hockey stick for 30 years, on a wooden hockey stick uh, for 30 years, uh, going dating way back. So I would say they're pretty famous. Then the Nicoletti brothers, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Pat. Joe and Don Micheletti all played at the University of Minnesota, and obviously the oldest, Joe, is the one probably the most famous now. He's good yeah. of his NHL 
connections and broadcasting. Out of Hibbing. Out of Hibbing, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's another trio, the uh, Cullens. That's yep. another good one. And they were coached Moyer. by their dad. Yes. Um, and and um, Carl talked about the Walkers. There would be Ben, Jack, and obviously Mr. Hockey 2018, Sammy, uh, Sammy Walker. Um, I don't know every one of his Molik names. Uh, there's Bennett, Reese. And there's another one of them in there too. There's three Rochester Century. They're very millennial names. Yes, <laughs> Jacob, maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't remember off the top of my head, but there are three of them. Yep, they're all committed too. Yes. Um, another fun one here, going back uh, a little bit back into your generation, a little bit. Uh, Elk River, the Jeremkos. Yep. Ended with a Mr. Hockey winner. Yeah, another Mr. Hockey there. And then a fun one here, going back to uh, Miners Arena in in Virginia, the Carlson brothers, the Hanson brothers, as they're commonly known by. Yeah, better known as <laughs> the Hanson brothers. Um, so that's a nice list. And the Tony, you or, forgot one. Oh, oh, the Southwest brothers, the Lundin brothers. Yeah, we did not have that one on my list. That would be going back to my uh, high school as well. Uh, Olympians, Division ones. I mean. You, they are synonymous with the success of uh, high school hockey and, and the program at Minneapolis Southwest. So, well, talking about brothers, what, shout out, Ed. we always oh, yeah. we always get Southwest in there. Talking about brothers, Tony, what do we got next on for coming up? Uh, our next segment, we're going to have uh, Robert Christie's going to join the show. Uh, he's going to talk a little about his relationship with his brother playing hockey with his brother Ray. Um, it's going to be our red-black segment, our red-black player interview segment. Why don't you take it away, Danny? Well, thank you, Tony. Um, welcome to Red-Black League's player interview segment. This week we have Rob Christian, senior from St. Thomas Academy. Rob, how's it going? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime. We'd love to have you here. So, just want to talk a little bit quickly. So, Rob, you're a senior at St. Thomas Academy. What's it like being a senior um, and a captain on this year's St. Thomas Academy team? Um, it's pretty different from years before. We've had pretty good leadership on the hockey team with Jason Smallledge, Billy Jerry, Robbie Stucker, my brother Ray, Chase Foley. The list kind of goes on to the years before that. But now it's kind of my turn with Brendan to be the leader and you know, at school, it's fun taking it day by day, cherishing every moment before we graduate. So you mentioned um, Brendan McFadden there. So what's it like kind of getting the addition of the football players back? They were out at the start of this year because football made it to the state championship game. Um, what's it like having those players back on the squad right now? Uh, it definitely helps a lot. Um, now we can come even stronger to the teams we're playing, um, you know, and Luke Herzog and Brandon McFadden are two great players. They're big threats towards teams, and with them on our team, it just makes us even a stronger team. Carl, you were going to ask uh, Rob a little bit about the section and section opponents. I want you to shoot, shoot us some questions. Yeah, so, Rob, you know, you, you guys are the two-time defending section champions in the state tournament the past two years, but to have kind of an interesting section 3AA this year, you've got Rosemount in there, you've got Egan. What do you think of what you're up against in 3AA? Um, well, we can't take anyone lightly. Like, every year, you know, everyone's going to try to give us our A game, especially come playoff time. All teams are going to be full throttle. So 
we just got to make sure we're tip-top shape coming section time and just take it day by day right now and we'll be ready for playoffs. All right, Rob, as you know, uh, I grew up with your dad, uh, dad, one of my longtime friends. Uh, I'm going to describe some things that when I, when, when Ray senior was, was in high school, he was a street smart guy. He was very loyal to his buddies. Uh, he was also pretty good with the ladies. Which of those attributes did you get from your dad? Um, I would probably say loyal friend and street smart, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) So you're not very strong with the ladies, huh? I mean, when you go to an all-guy school, it kind of hurts, but, you know, we have to make up on the weekend sometimes. All right. Well, you notice I didn't say your dad was athletic. You caught that, right? No, his claim to fame is playing with the first Mr. Hockey, but we all know he didn't do anything on that line. (laughs) Gorski definitely carried the team. Uh, Yeah. All right. So – well, I watched your uh, senior speech, and you had some real kind words for your sister and your brother. Talk a little bit about your sister Rose, where she is, what she's doing, and then the role she's had in your life. Yeah, my sister uh, is a junior at Boston College. I actually got to go visit her um, the weekend before the season. I had a great weekend with her. It was college game day. We actually got on TV, which was pretty cool. But, you know, Rose is definitely different from me and Ray. She definitely has the – books not the athletic genes in the family but you know she's probably one of the smartest persons i know and really passionate in everything she does yeah and then she's we, just a yeah go on oh we did a segment uh earlier in the show about the greatest brother combinations in the states uh talk a little bit about what it was like growing up with ray and then playing with him for the first three years of your high school career growing up with ray was obviously someone on me constantly uh where that we have a we had a backyard rink and there's a video of us fighting that our sister actually took which is pretty funny maybe i have to <laughs> send you guys that <laughs> Ooh, yeah that's our picture, that would be picture tasty. Of the week show. <laughs> yeah yeah no but ray has always been on me he probably is my best friend it's weird not having him here as for my senior year but because we've always done, we always have done everything together. But you know, we're missing him, and we'll see him soon. Actually, he's coming home in a couple weeks. Talk a little bit about his play in the Alberta Junior League. Where, what teams he playing on? What's he doing? What are his plans? He's playing on the Brooks Bandits, and their team's actually really good. I they've only lost two games, um, one game since he's actually been there because he was in Waterloo to start the year, but. Uh, his team's number one and ranked number one in all of Alberta junior hockey, and they're doing really well. My dad's going up there in a, in a couple of weeks to watch, but lucky I, lucky I would want to go. That's right. All right, we're gonna take a quick segue now into our pickums. Are you ready no, for pickums? Or well, not? Well, oh, oh, well, it was last week's games, you're right? Well, so. not last week's games. Games this coming week, up this week coming yeah. up this week. So we have other games, Tony, that are other than pickums. Okay. Right. Sorry. So some games that are other than pickums that you might want to see this week. Hill Murray plays Matamidi. Um Normally, this is a pretty tight game. Matamidi is generally the third best team in that conference, and so um, they sometimes play spoiler roles. 
Prior Lake plays Lakeville North, also on Tuesday. On Thursday, Chaska plays Rosemount at Rosemount. That's a good test for the Irish. Bemidji um, and Duluth East square off up in Heritage. Um, and then Friday, Saturday, we have the North-South Essential Health Sports Classic. Um, so that's Hermantown versus Eden Prairie, Brainerd versus Benilde, then Brainerd versus Eden Prairie, and Hermantown versus Benilde. Those games are up in Brainerd this year and not at Eden Prairie. Um, Roseau plays Grand Rapids on Friday, which I'm kind of interested to see how Roseau bounces back and plays Grand Rapids. Um, Cloquet comes down to play Bloomington Jefferson. Um, Elk River plays Centennial on Saturday. Sartell comes down to play Chaska on Saturday. St. Thomas Academy plays Holy Family. Cloquet plays Egan, and Greenway plays East Grand Forks. Sorry to run through those quick, but Long there's a, a lot of good games. Long list of some good games there. All right, uh, now are you re- ready for Pick'ems? Pick oh, yes, yes, right, yeah. fine, fine. We can do Someone's Pick'ems now. I'm excited for Pick'ems. <laughs> Someone's I'm ro- excited for Pick'ems. Yeah, right. How did you do last week, Tony? I did well. I know I did well. I don't, have, <laughs> I don't have my sheet in front of me, but I know I did well. I, had to, is... I, I was perfect. In all that no. Time. I wasn't? No, no you, you weren't. weren't. <laughs> I got one right. I got the brain. I got the. You guys got brain. I picked uh, yeah, more. You guys I picked brainer. So I, I know I got that I one know. right. So, all right. Uh, okay. So we're we're gonna go in order here, Rob. You go last. Uh, you're the youngest. So first game of the week is St. Thomas Academy and Eden Prairie. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Eden Prairie. I saw them last night. I thought they looked to be a strong team. I have. I don't. There's a lot unknown yet with the St. Thomas Academy team. We'll learn a lot about them this week when they play Eden Prairie and Holy Family. Who do you got, Danny? Um, I was at the Creighton Eden Prairie game last year, not last year, last night, and I I really was impressed by um, Eden Prairie. I thought that Batchelor, like I said before, played very very well. Um, Jack Jensen is probably the best power forward in the state still, and, and they're that senior D that we talked about is pretty dang good. I gotta go Eden Prairie, even though I'm a cadet. I gotta go Eden Prairie. All right, Carl, who do you got? Ooh, I'm gonna keep riding the train here. I, I was also very impressed by Eden Prairie against Creighton. I thought they controlled the game well. It's deep, they're physical. Um, yeah, it looks like they're gonna make up for last year's struggles in, in a big way. All right, so we got three picks for Eden Prairie. Rob, who do you got? Uh, I'm gonna have to go with the cadets. We'll have to prove you wrong, prove you guys wrong on Tuesday, but. Yeah, I definitely have to go with the cadets. Well, you realize you're talking to three hockey experts. We know a lot about the game. Are you <laughs> sure you want to go with St. Thomas on this one? Because Eden Prairie looked pretty good last night. Yeah, St. Thomas all the way. I mean, I've seen 10 games this season, Rob. I don't know how many you've seen or played in, but I would have to argue that Eden Prairie is a top-five team. Yeah, they have a great first line, but – We'll we'll come ready to play. <laughs> I'll I'll say in your defense, he said that Jack Jensen's the best power forward in the state. I think you guys got a couple power forwards as well, including yourself. So we'll we'll see. It'll, it'll definitely be a good game. Yes, it definitely. will be. It should be fun. All right, here we go. Here's a, here's a, a rival of yours, uh, Hill Murray and Wyzetta. Carl, you get to go first on this one. Sure. And this one, I'm going to take Wyzetta. I think they've done a pretty strong job in the early season. Been tough defensively, given some good teams, some good games, beat Hermantown. Uh, and Till's kind of an unknown still. They've only played one game, and they, they kind of struggled to beat Burnsville. So, going with the Trojans. 
Danny? I'm going to go with Hill Murray on this one. I think what Wyzetta did well this weekend when I saw him is play well in the slot. And they haven't played the likes of a speedy team like Hill Murray yet. And I think um, that's going to be the difference is Hill's speed. And I I like that a lot more. Duluth East plays in space and they play, you know, zone stuff. Hill's going to get after them with speed, and I think that's going to get to them in this game. All right, Rob, your turn. Are you going to go east side or are you going to go west side of this one? Uh, we'll go Hill Murray. All right, you're sticking with your boys on the east side. Uh, have you seen them play or you know much about them this year yet? Uh, I haven't seen them play as a group, but I know a lot of those guys from uh, training with them in the summer, which kind of good buddies was some of them, surprisingly, even though they're our rivals. But, no, I'll stick with the Pios. All right, I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to go with Wyzetta. I saw them yesterday against a really good Duluth East team. Uh, again, they were a minute or two away from overtime against them. I, I liked what I saw from Wyzetta. Again, strong defense, four good lines. Only thing they lack is a superstar, I think, up front. I still think Wyzetta beats Hill in this game. Yep. All right, next game, it's Danny's turn to go first. I think this is the biggest game. Well, there's two really good games. Greenway, St. Cloud, Cathedral. Well, this is the biggest game in Class A this year. Yeah, day. no question about it. This one, I I'm, I think it's going to be a shootout. But looking at recent scores, Greenway's put up like three goals and St. Cloud Cathedral's put up seven. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to go with Jack Smith leading the way on this one for the Crusaders. And this is going to be the first crusade of many by the Crusaders. Oh, here Boop, we boom, go. Boom. All right. All right, Robert, uh, you're, who do you got Who do you got in this one? St. Cloud Cathedral, Greenway. I'll have to go with Danny again, uh, St. Cloud Cathedral. Well, I like to be different. I put we Greenway as the number one team in the state to start the season. I am the Class A ranker, and I'm going to go Greenway on this one, I, although I do like what I've seen from Cathedral. I like how you just claimed I am the Class A ranker. I am the I'm Class the A class ranker. Class, class no, one else do it. no one else loves Class A on this show. <laughs> I do. I am the Class A ranker. Well, I said nobody cares about Class A except me on the show. <laughs> Go ahead, Carl, Mr. Double A. <laughs> Ouch. Well, well, I'm also Mr. North on this show, so I guess I don't want to go with Greenway. All right. Yeah, you are. That's for sure. All right. Last pick. Uh, Robert, you get to go first. It's the big double A tilt, uh, the seven double A uh, showdown between Andover and Duluth East. Robert, who do you like in that game? Um, not too familiar with Andover, but so I probably have to go with East on that one. All right. Uh, back to me. I've been a big Andover guy on this show, so i got to stick with Andover, although they haven't been very impressive out of the gate so far. No. I'm going to stick with them as, as my favorite in um, Section 7 AA this year. So I, I'm going to go with Duluth East on this one. Uh because Duluth East has shown that they can come back in games already this season. Um, I think Andover has to prove that they can beat East. And that's that's what it comes down to for me. I think I kind of think it's going to end up where they're going to win. They're going to have the home ice. They're going to win this weekend. But I think at the end, the, the Amsoil is going to get them in the end. That's kind of my take. Carl? Oh, sure. Blame the arena. <laughs> Can't give the teams any credit. <laughs> Or no, the zip code was played in. You know. But, you know, Danny made the note there. I, 
what uh, Andover against East historically, and they have never beaten East. Uh, so this is going to be a, probably the biggest home game they've ever had. But I, you know, I have to go with the Greyhounds here. I think they have the depth and the experience to pull this one out. Well, it was been a fun show having you on the show today, Robert. Thanks for joining us, uh, being a part of the the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, good to have you. Um, and uh, thanks to Carl and Danny for a great show. Thanks to our sponsor, Red and Black. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys around the rink. Looks all over their face. My friends all know that I'm cool. I've been this way since high school. Because life's never been sweeter. When you're just a cake eater When it comes to hockey, nobody can stop me My high school team, I was playing on the top three Now my son is scoring piles 